Praise the Lord. If you would turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. The title of my message is The Anchor of Hope. The Anchor of Hope. It says, and I'm reading this from the King James Version. Um, some people get caught up in translations, and I love the different translations. Some uh, versions are translations of the original language. Some are um, um, some are not translations. They're uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Paraphrase. And a paraphrase just simply means uh, we're going to take the original language and we're going to try to help you understand what that word is. And so some people, there's a lot of arguments and there's some good reasons and some bad reasons for that. But generally when I read the Bible, I like to read it from a bunch of different angles. And so I read lots of different versions to try to get a real feel and a real flavor for what the Bible's trying to tell me. So King James Version, Romans chapter 6 verse 18 says, I'm sorry, Romans. It's Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6.18. It says that by two immutable things in which it is impossible, it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope that is set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast within earth in to within the veil. Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Here's NIV. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, We who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Now here's the one I'm going to use today. This is a paraphrase from the contemporary English version, but just listen to this. Hold your place in the Bible, all right, and just listen to the way this is written. God cannot tell lies. Amen? And so his promises and vows are two things that can never be changed. We have run to God for safety. Now his promises should greatly encourage us to take hold of the hope that is right in front of us. The hope is like a firm and steady anchor for our souls. Jesus, hold on. In fact, hope reaches behind the curtain and into the most holy place. Jesus has gone there ahead of us, and he is our high priest forever, just like Melchizedek. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, Lord God, speak this truth, Lord God. Change lives. In your name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many have ever been battered by life? 
How many have ever been battered and broken and beaten and full of doubts and full of discouragement, full of despair, feeling like you're falling apart at the seams, feeling like your faith has been bruised, your faith has been damaged, your faith is nearly lost? And some of you say, well, I'm a Christian. Never happened to me. But he's talking to Christians here. And he's talking to most likely a group of Christians who were in Rome. And this group of Christians were battle-worn. They were broken. They were beaten. They were, I mean, they were going through some severe persecution. And he was writing this letter to encourage them. And whatever, um, in fact, you, you go through history and you begin to look at Rome... And you begin to see what's called the Roman catacombs. And in the Roman catacombs is the resting place of these valiant Christians who survived the persecution and went on to be with the Lord. And it's a, it's a burial ground for people that died for their faith in Christ. And that's the people that this letter was for. He was trying to tell them, don't give up, put your hope in the right place, don't let go. And they were, they were thinking to themselves, number one, I don't know if I can handle what I'm going through. And number two, they were even considering going back to Judaism because they knew they wouldn't be treated as harshly. And so he was trying to give them a letter that would explain to them, no, what you have is superior to anything you could possibly have. The hope that you have is greater than any other hope that you could have. Don't run away from this. Stay firm in Christ. And he give, gave this ideal of an anchor. I've got anointing oil on my fingers, and so now this mic is all over the place. So he gives this example of an anchor, and he says the anchor is Hope, and that anchor is a, hope is an anchor for your soul. The anchor has a name, and it's hope. And it will anchor your soul, not just anywhere. It will anchor your soul in the most holy place. It will anchor your soul out of this world and into another world. Your soul will be anchored supernaturally where nothing in this world can bother you because your anchor will not move because your anchor is in Christ. Your anchor is otherworldly. Your anchor is not of this world because it passed through the curtain and it's in the presence of Christ. And you are secure. And they must have gotten the message because as you walk through the catacombs, one of the great symbols of the church, of all those that gave their life for Christ, was the anchor. In fact, they found 66 different kinds of anchors in the catacombs of the graves of those who died for Christ. And they're usually an anchor, and right in the center of the anchor is usually a cross. And so this anchor is a symbol And if anchor is hope, he doesn't say even that anchor is like hope. That would be a metaphor. That means it's kind of like this thing over here that is an anchor. That's what hope is kind of like. No, he said the anchor, he said hope is the anchor. 
And so in order for the hope that God wants us to have to stabilize and secure our life and help us through, how many know that in life, storms are going to come? Storms are going to come and it's going to try to tear every bit of faith that you have. If you're not ready for the storms, the storms of life will destroy your faith and you will be shipwrecked in your faith. It will damage you so greatly you'll become bitter, you'll become angry, you'll become lost off course. And so if we don't have this anchor in our life, in fact, hope has to act like an anchor. It has to be an anchor in order for it to be effective or hope is not an anchor. So we've got to look at it and we've got to see is hope, is it our anchor? But this anchor must act like an anchor. In fact, I should have looked at my notes. I messed my whole introduction up. As you leave the street, uh, the Straits of Gibraltar, okay, this is a history lesson. There is a mythological sign that used to be there, and it used to fly on every flag that Spain produced. There, um, Their standard actually would say on the standard what this mythological sign would say, and it was ne plus ultra, ne plus ultra. And so as you left the Straits of Gibraltar, there was a warning there, and that phrase meant there is no more beyond, no more beyond, no more beyond. And what they were trying to say is beware you who are adventurous, you who are explorers, because there is nothing more to be discovered. There's nothing beyond the world that we know. There's nothing beyond this line. Beware, if you go there, there is nothing there. You're in danger. And so for a long time, that was on their flag and on their standard. And then in 1492, someone sailed the ocean blue. How did you know that? I feel like you're reading my mind. But Christopher Columbus, with a personal conviction, believed that there was more beyond. So as he began to travel beyond the straits, um, he began to discover new lands, and sure enough, the banner was wrong. So then they changed the banner, and they put a, 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 a carving there that had a lion eating the first word of that phrase, which was no. And so now the phrase says, more beyond. And God today wants to tell you that that's what hope is. That is the anchor that we're anchored in, is there is more beyond. There's hope beyond this world. There's hope beyond your crisis. There's hope beyond your financial destruction, your marital breakup. There's there's hope beyond This world, and God says we can be anchored to it, and we must be anchored to it, or we won't survive. So the first thing we got to do is we've got to define hope. Hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for good things to happen. I mean, that's a good definition. You believe something good is going to happen, so you have hope for that. 
I have hope that something good is going to happen. But here's what the problem with hope. Sometimes hope disappoints. How many have ever had shattered hope? How many have ever had dreams that shattered, hopes that shattered, things that you tied yourself to and says and you and you say that is my hope. I have the hope of a great marriage and my life is going to be wonderful because of that hope. That is a good hope, but that is not the hope that you can tie your joy to. You know, there are things in this world that can affect that hope. There's unforeseen circumstances like death and divorce that can affect that hope. How many know that that is true? And so hope is an anchor. Hope is looking to hold on to something. If, if the anchor is not holding on to something, you don't have an anchor. See, the purpose of an anchor is you're preparing yourself for a storm and you don't want to move. You don't want to be moved from your spot. You don't want to be moved from your dreams. You don't want to be moved from your hopes. You don't want to be removed from where you're at. You don't want to be knocked off course. And if you don't know how to anchor properly, you're going to look up after a storm and you're going to be blown so far off course, you're not even going to know where you're at. And if you don't anchor properly, here's the problem with anchoring. If you don't anchor it properly... You're going to drift. And the drifting is where you get thrown off course. The drifting will throw you so far off course, you don't even know where you're at. And so everybody that gets in a boat for the first time, they say to themselves, I I know exactly how to do this. I know what I'm doing. And an inexperienced boater probably doesn't know how to anchor properly. It's something you have to be taught. It's something you have to learn. It's something you have to figure out how to do it appropriately. You say, well, what's the big deal? All I do is take this heavy object on a rope, drop it down, it hits the bottom, and I'm anchored. And that is the problem. We treat our faith the same way. Faith has to be anchored by hope. If faith is not anchored by hope, That ship that you have that is called faith is going to be destroyed when the first storm comes. And there are a lot of people that believe, like we do in the natural, that we all know how to work a boat. All right? Now, there's a famous nautical story that comes from the halls of Wellspring that has my name attached to it. Pastor Rod and I were fishing one day. And I think Rick Nichols, he's not here today. He was with us. And... uh, Rick's boat, his engine went out. And so we were drifting down the, down the river, and we, we, we somehow got it barely up to shore. I pushed both of them up on the bank, and then as they're unloading all the gear, I'm holding onto the boat, and it starts drifting off, and I, and I don't have anything to grab onto. So as the boat's drip, drifting off, there's a big rope there. Now... The rope, actually, I had a hold of one end and I threw it, but I, I didn't have a good grip on it. 
So what it looked like was I threw the entire rope to Pastor Rod, and he laughed so hard because the whole rope went and no end was attached to mine that he's told that story a hundred times. But I've seen people drive boats. In fact, I've seen Pastor Rod. I'll tell one on him. We were driving on Potoka Lake one day, and he had her full throttle. And he uh, really, I think he felt like he was the skipper at that point. And he was an old, you know, old uh, sailor, you know, and he's full throttle and hit a sandbar. And you should have seen the confusion on his face when the propeller was broken. (laughs) He goes, why didn't they tell me about that? I wouldn't have gone that fast through there. And uh, so he thought he knew how to drive a boat. I thought I knew how to drive a boat. I had a buddy one time, got a brand new uh, V-hole boat, you know, big with a little cabin underneath and everything, and never driven a boat before, but he was like, how hard could it be, you know? And and so then he pulled his trailer up, and I just happened to be there that day when he pulled his uh, boat up, and and he was going a little too fast, and the trailer was a little too low on the water. And he came full throttle into that trailer and smashed the whole front of it in on his trailer. But how many know it takes time to figure out how to do things in life? And so we think we can just take an anchor, we can just throw it over and it's holding. And so as a Christian, we say, oh yeah, hope is an anchor. I'm definitely anchored. I know exactly You know, I'm anchored in another world. I'm anchored in heaven, and there's nothing that can affect my boat. But we need to make sure that we know what it means to anchor. And I was just looking it up here. Now, this isn't coming from my knowledge of sailing, of course, right? Everybody knows that. But I was looking this up, and it says, What do anchors do? They dig into the seabed to hold a boat in position. They serve as a safety role for keeping boats out of the surf and off of the rocks. They also allow you to secure the boat from damage. Did you hear that? It's got to somehow stick. It's got to hold. It's got to not be moved. Here's the problem. Every time a storm comes in life... You're moved. You're moved. You had all these dreams in God, but the storm came and your boat was moved away from any dream you ever had in living for the Lord. You had values in your life. And you said, you know what? I love the Lord and I'm going to live this way and I'm going to serve God and I'm going to live the right way. And what happened when the storms of life came? Those values were just thrown away. Those dreams and desires were thrown away. Those plans were thrown away. Get this. Relationships are thrown away. You get knocked so off course because you don't have any hold. And see, here's what's happened. The anchor has to hold. In order for the anchor to work, it has to penetrate the surface of the seabed. Suction generates resistance created by the bottom material, and then the weight of the material digs in deeper and deeper as the resistance comes from the wind. So that means if I don't have an anchor and the winds come, I'm going to get less strong and less strong and I'm going to begin to drag. 
I'm going to begin to drag. The boat is going to begin to be driven. I'm going to be off course. I'm going to be very susceptible. And here's where the danger is. If you, if that wind pushes you to the shoreline, those rocks are going to shatter your boat. That's what a shipwreck is. You get yourself caught on the shoreline and it just begins beating your boat repeatedly against the rocks. Now spiritually, I want you to think about this. How many people in this room, how many people in this world, the storms are going to come. We live in a world that is, um, sin is reigning. That means that storms are inevitably going to come and they're going to beat down on our person. There's going to be financial issues. There's going to be relationship issues. There's going to be hurt that's going to be done to you. But the one that has the anchor, it's going to dig into the surface of the ocean. And the more the wind pulls, the deeper it gets. The other one that doesn't have a hold, the more the wind blows, the more it's going to want to dance on top of the water and move. So if all you're doing is taking that anchor and throwing it on top of the ground and you don't have anything to grab, you might as well not even have an anchor. So you've got to begin to think, what's this mean about my faith? So you begin to look here. To ensure the anchor sets well, you must apply tension to it. Let it penetrate the bottom. And then it says many boulders only make a half-hearted attempt to set the anchor. But you need to put the bolt in reverse for a few seconds. And then you need to pull as hard as you can on the rope just to make sure it's set. You say, well, wait a minute. What's that mean for me? It means that many Christians half-heartedly set the anchor of hope. It means many Christians half-heartedly pull on it to see if it's going to hold. Christians half-heartedly set it in because when you get a little bit of turbulence... You say, oh, well, you know, what? why did God do this to me? Because God's kind of trying to prepare you for the storm. God's trying to see if that hope is firmly set into the holy of holies. Is that hope firmly set in the presence of God? Is that hope firmly set in heaven and not on the things of this earth? Because if your hope is set on the things of this earth, your hope will disappoint you. Romans 5, 5, write that down. It says... And hope does not disappoint. God's hope will not disappoint you. If your hope is in the world to come, if your hope is in Christ, if your hope is in His presence, you're anchored to another world that cannot change and God does not lie. So you look at this bottom here. And there's all kinds, I mean, it says mud is good. For most anchor types, but those of a largest sur- you need to have a larger surface area to be more reliable. Silt is good for some anchor types. Clay, once said, holds a good for most anchors. Anchor with a sharp tip will do better in the clay. Sand, depending on the sand's hardness, but the anchor with a large surface area is preferable. Do you notice that there are different anchors? And so you say, well, wait a minute. I thought I just had to have something heavy and throw it over the side of the boat. No, you were mistaken. You need to know a little bit more before you can go out and handle a boat. Trust me, I learned the hard way. I got shipwrecked once in my boat. (laughs) I'm preaching what I know here. All right? 
There are different kinds of anchors. There are different circumstances that the Bible and the Word of God tells you this will hold. God will begin to teach you about life. The Holy Spirit, if you're anchored in His presence, will begin to speak to you about how to anchor your soul properly before the storms come in life. So one thing that they encouraged uh, some of these bigger ships back in the time of Christ, do you know what they did? They would actually set the anchor, and in order to make sure that that anchor was set right, they would send divers down. You say, well, how do they do that? They follow the rope. They follow the cable all the way down, and they would inspect around that anchor just to make sure what it's set in, and is it a good material for it to be set in? Is it set well? And you say, well, what's that have to do with me? God wants you to look really deep in your heart. What is my faith in? What is my anchor What am I holding on to? Is it the Word of God or is it some kind of uh, philosophical idea? Is the Word of God or is it money? Is the Word of God or is it your intelligence? Is the Word of God or is it family? God says there's no other anchor that will hold except your anchor being in your faith in Jesus Christ in hope of glory. That's the only anchor that's going to hold. Praise the Lord. I was reading this uh, this manual on sailing, and it said, um, I, th- I found this to be really interesting. It says, you are going to trust your boat and your life to whatever anchor and whatever cable you choose. So make sure you check and get the right kind of anchor and the right kind of cable. It is always best to err on the side of caution. Did you hear that? Your life and your boat is dependent on how good your cable and your anchor is, making sure you have the right kind and the right weight. Because if not, in fact, a lot of people say, well, it's just the anchor, it's also the cable. You know, and I'm giving a lot of sailing things here, but it was really interesting to me. If you don't have a long enough cable and the waters begin to... um, churn and the water gets higher and the water gets lower and the water gets higher, guess what happens to your anchor? It bounces (laughs) and it loses its hold. And so there are a lot of things that uh, you have to do to make sure you get this right. And I want to look at a famous shipwreck in the Bible. In Acts chapter 27, you almost can't avoid it when you're talking about anchors. But in Acts chapter 27, Paul was on a ship, and he was actually heading toward Rome. And on his way to Rome, he was in this large grain ship. And Paul had warned him, he said, hey, you know, I'm recommending that you not make this trip because you're going to end up doing a lot of damage to the boat. Well, they didn't listen. And so this is a good example of a boat that... um, was not anchored properly. In fact, uh, you know, you have to actually choose spots where you want to anchor. You have to choose. In, they, I didn't realize this. Did you know that they actually have charts 
that uh, show sailors anywhere that they go the proper places to anchor. Like they have little lists all along the banks, and you just got to make sure that you're not what's called a leeward spot, meaning that the wind pushes you toward the bank. You want one that's a weather, weather, uh, what's it called, weathered, um, where the, actually the wind blows away from the land and, and blows you out. Because if you have a leeward place where you uh, anchor, it's going to push you right into the rocks. But if you have a weathered one, it's going to push you toward the ocean. And so they have actual charts where you've got to figure out where to anchor and where to put the anchor down at and where's the right material that's in the subfloor. Um, but Paul, he gets on this ship in, 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 in Acts 27, and it says in... Um, it says in Acts twenty-seven fifteen. it says that this ship was just being battered by a hurricane. And it says they were on the leeward side, which means that the wind was blowing them toward the bank. And it says this ship was just getting beat it, beaten and battered. And the first thing that you see them begin to do is, it says in Acts twenty-seven fifteen, we gave way to it and we were driven along. Now, what does that mean? It means I wasn't ready for the storm, and the storm began to drive me wherever it wanted. How many have ever had that happen in life? So the first thing we begin to see when you're not properly anchored in a storm is we see it begins to drive you by its own force. God wants us to be anchored... When the storms of life come, God doesn't want us to be driven by our circumstances. Now, how many of us are driven by our circumstances and how many are anchored in our faith? And God's calling us to be anchored in our faith, not driven by our emotions and our circumstances. So they began to be driven. The second thing we begin to see them do After they were driven in verse 15, it says in verse 18, we took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day we began to throw cargo overboard. First they started drifting, and then they started throwing the cargo overboard. It says in verse 38, it says the sailors first threw the cargo over, then they threw the tackle over, eventually they threw the food over, and finally they threw themselves over. I said, well, man, that doesn't have anything to do with me. Because they were not anchored, and because they were being driven by the circumstances, they began to throw everything over that was precious. They began to throw relationships away. They begin to throw their dreams in the Lord away. They begin to throw their lives away. Why? Because they were in despair. In fact, at one point they said when it looked like all hope was lost. And they began throwing things overboard. And you say, man, what does that have to do with me? God wants us to stand firm when storms come in our life. God doesn't want us to have periods when storms come that we abandon everything, that we abandon our family, we abandon our relationships, we abandon our values in the Lord. God wants us to anchor with hope 
Stay right where we're at. I'm not moving. I'm not going anywhere. My faith is not moved. I'm anchored in the Lord. I've got something that I'm holding on to that I'm not letting go of. I'm holding on to the Lord through all of this. And you know what? This storm too will pass. And I think one of the reasons why there are so many anchors in those catacombs is because I think they held on to that anchor to the very ends of their life. I think the anchor in Rome or in Hebrews meant a lot to those people. I think that analogy that Paul gave that your hope is your anchor, I don't think they ever let go of it. And so I want to give you three from this story and then a fourth anchor that's a huge one because there are different kinds of anchors, right? One anchor that Paul had was Paul Paul was in a boat that was going to be destroyed. Paul was in a circumstance that made sailors... I mean, you know how bad a storm has to be for these sailors to give up all hope? How bad of a shipwreck... How bad of a destructive hurricane was it for sailors to give up all hope and despair and throw all of their precious cargo over their grain and everything was thrown over that boat? That's got to be a bad storm. Paul had done a lot of sailings in his mission trips. He'd been around the water. He'd lived in Tarsus off of the, you know, the coast there. And, and Paul had been around boats his whole life, but he wasn't more experienced than they were probably. But he was calm. He was confident. He knew that they were going to be all right, but nobody else knew that. He knew what the result was going to be. The boat will be damaged, but we're going to be fine. How did Paul know that? The Bible says that an angel of the Lord came to Paul in the nighttime and told him that everything's going to be all right. That's an anchor. How many know that's an anchor? The voice of the Lord, the word of the Lord. God will speak to you if you if you stay anchored to God's presence. Guess what will happen, church? That will be an anchor that will take you through the storm. You say, well, how does God speak? Sometimes he speaks through an angel. Sometimes he speaks directly through the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he sends somebody with a word of knowledge. Sometimes um, you just know your God. And you know that everything's going to be all right. And your faith says everything will be fine and this is going to pass. When everybody else is scared, when everybody else is in despair, when everybody else lost hope, one of your anchors is God says it's going to be okay. The next thing that we see that is an anchor for Paul during the shipwreck is the angel says you're going to be all right because I have a purpose for you, Paul. Paul, I have a purpose for your life, so let the men know they're going to be all right because I have a purpose for your life. When you're going through the storms of life and you're anchored to God, you know that that storm is for a reason. That God has a purpose for you in life. If you are a Christian, all things work to the good for those who love the Lord. You know that God is putting you through that storm for a purpose. And that is an anchor for my soul. I don't know about you, but I know if God is directing the course, I can trust Him through this and I'll drop anchor right there. And I'll say, hey, I'm not giving up on my dreams. I'm not giving up on my faith. 
I might be battered, I might be beaten, I might not have a ship left when I'm done. But I'm still trusting God. God has a purpose and a plan for my life. Praise the Lord, and I'm so far off my nose. All right. I don't remember my third one. But the last one's I wanna, one, one I really want to get to. There is an anchor here that's not real noticeable. It says in Hebrews, In fact, hope reaches behind the curtain and into the most holy place, and Jesus has gone there ahead of us. And that one's hard. You don't really know what he's talking about there, unless you're a sailor. And unless you're familiar with the first century, you don't really know what he's talking about there in reference to an anchor. But did you see it says that we're anchored into the most holy place? That we're anchored into Christ and it says he went ahead of us. He went in advance of us. And I'm trying to think, what's that have to do with an anchor? And as you begin to study deeper and you begin to understand what he's talking about here, How many know that there are harbors that you go into? Remember I talked about that guy that went too fast and went right up on his trailer? And there's a whole lot to understand when it comes to bringing a boat to shore without damaging it. And some of these harbors that they went into, how many have ever seen a harbor or a a boat dock where there's all kinds of obstructions there? There are rocks, there are logs, there are all kinds of sandbars, there are all these different things that are obstructions. And basically, in that known world, every major harbor had what the, they had a fixed stone. They had a stone that was fixed at every harbor. And that stone was called an anchor. And so, what you would have to do if you had a large ship and you wanted to get into that harbor and you didn't want to damage your boat. They had a path that you could make it into that harbor, and it was usually a narrow path that you had to follow. And what they would do is they would drop their lifeboat. Follow me here. They dropped their lifeboat. Somebody would go ahead of them. They would attach the anchor to that. They would put the anchor in the boat with the long rope, and that person would go ahead of them. He would navigate the dangerous water, He would tie the boat to the rock and they would pull the boat into the harbor. When Jesus says that he went ahead of you, when Jesus said that he's your anchor, when he talks in Hebrews about being the anchor of our soul and he went ahead, what Jesus is saying is, not only am I with you in the storm, not only am I holding you in the place where you don't have to move and you're going to be able to handle this storm, you're going to make it through this storm. The ship might be damaged, but you're going to make it. Not only that, but you begin to sit in the boat overwhelmed by life and say, man, I don't know if I can handle life anymore. Look at all the things going on around me. Look how damaged I am. Look how broken I am. Look how hard life is. And then all of a sudden you begin to feel the boat is moving. And you're saying, man, why is this boat moving and where am I going? And Jesus is saying, I'm the anchor. I'm pulling you in to the harbor. I'm pulling you in. I'm pulling you. And you're just sitting there and you're just like, enjoy the ride. Because here's what's going to happen when you get in the presence of God. 
Church, when we get in that prayer room and we begin seeking God here and at home and you get in the presence of God, what you begin to find is, I love your presence, Lord. Lord, I love to be around you. I love to hear your voice. I love to worship you. There's nothing sweeter than being in God's presence. Come, taste that the Lord is good. And what happens is you fall so in love with God that at one time you stood on the other shore and looked on the other side and said, man, it's far away. But then eventually in this relationship with the Lord, you passed halfway and you're looking on the other side and you're saying, man, life is getting far away. And Jesus is pulling you into the harbor of heaven. See, that anchor that's tied into the holy place is pulling you, pulling you, pulling you till you eventually get to the point all your heart can say is, Maranatha, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord. Come quickly, Lord. Come quickly, Lord. I want to be with you, Lord. And you see that old beaten up? I just want you to see that beaten up ship. Sails are broken. The mast is broken. The ship's been beaten up. And man, here it is, pulling it right into the harbor. He's pulling us in, church. He's pulling us in, but we've got to be anchored to the rock. We've got to be anchored to Him and nothing else. But Jesus Christ is our anchor. And He'll pull us right in. You'll say, well, what about the world? What about all the crazy things going on in the world? Just let Him pull you in. Let him pull you to himself. And he's going to pull us right into that harbor church. Stand to your feet. And I wish I would have had that third anchor. It was a good one. I don't know. It was a good one. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you so much, Lord. Lord, I just pray today that you would help us examine our lives, Lord. Lord, how do we navigate when life gets hard? When life gets difficult, when... uh, Lord, in that story they said that they had to tie ropes around the boat because it was falling apart, Lord. Sometimes in life, Lord, we feel like we're falling apart, Lord. That the storms are too much, Lord God, that we can't handle it, Lord. Lord, I pray today that you would... uh, Give your people an anchor, Lord. That when we see, Lord God, during fair weather, Lord, we see storms coming. Lord, that we're held by you, Lord. Held in your presence, Lord. And not knocked off course, Lord. We're not beaten. We're not battered. We're not lost at sea, Lord. But we hold our position. We're immovable, Lord. Oh, do that here, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I just want to ask you today. Were you the ship that went through what I'm talking about? And if that's you, I just, I just would ask you today to examine your faith. What's your hope in? Is your hope in this world or is your hope in the world to come? Is your hope in Christ or is your hope in things Is your hope in material things? How many know that the Bible says that everything that we see, God's going to test it? Everything in this world is going to shake, the Bible says. You're going to shake everything. 
And you say, well, man, everything I trust in is shaken. The ground is just not stable anymore. I believe my education was going to do it. I believe my money was going to do it. I believe my relationship was going to do it. And God said, there's no other foundation that will do it. There's only one unshakable thing, and that's Christ. And living for God. And so God's asking you today, maybe you had a crisis of your faith, and God is just asking you to give it to Him. Trust Him. Put your hope in Him. Praise the Lord. You've never given your heart to the Lord. Today is your day. You may not have another day to give your heart to the Lord. You say, Chad, I've trusted in a million other things. I've trusted in a million other things. And God is telling you today, if you're not right with the Lord, I'm here to pray with you confidentially. I'm not going to embarrass you. But I want to pray with you. I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to worship for a few songs. You need prayer. I'm here this morning. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise God. I just, uh, the Holy Spirit reminded me what that other anchor was. And uh, man, I just started bubbling up with it. The promises of God. God wants us, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit brings hope. How many have ever been in a hopeless situation? And the Word of God just begins to pour hope into your heart. The Word of God is supernatural. Our circumstances are natural. The Spirit of God wants to begin to flow in this house. And God's promises are an anchor. How many have ever been in a storm and the storm was blowing and it was moving you? And it was damaging you and it was breaking you. And then the Spirit of God came in and God's promises through the Holy Spirit dropped an anchor and you didn't move. The Spirit of God is going to bubble up inside of you. The Spirit of God is the source of that hope. The Spirit of God wants to overflow your situation with hope. You say, man, I can't find any hope. Everything looks like a dead end. Everything looks like it's going wrong. And that's because if you're anchored in this world, you'll be in despair. But if you're anchored in the Spirit, in the presence of God, He'll speak a word of hope. And you'll overflow with hope. You'll overflow with, get this, confidence of the Holy Spirit. So I've heard of confidence, but what's confidence of the Holy Spirit? That means the Holy Spirit is speaking things into you like... Like a little man named David saying, I can beat a giant. That's hope from the Holy Spirit. Because he had no hope. (laughs) Okay? David had no hope. But he was the most confident person there that day because he had the hope of the Holy Spirit flowing in him. And there was no giant that could stand in front of him. And let me tell you something. Through the Holy Spirit, there's no giant that could stand in front of you. Praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, pour hope into hopeless situations. Oh, Lord God, let people overflow with the hope of the Holy Spirit. Father, fill this house full of expectation. Fill this house full of hope, Lord. Let that anchor stick, Lord God. Let it be strong. Let it be immovable. Let it be powerful. 
Oh, Father, I pray right now that you anoint your people, Lord God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, in your presence, rooted in you, Lord God. Bless them as they go, Lord God. In your name we pray. Amen.